Blog Talk Radio. to the pulpit. We're going to talk about who lowered the standards. I remember when we took pride in what we do. We go to the store. We were put together. You went to your children's school. You were put together. The children left the house. They were clean, matching, just like the parent that were accompanying them by. Nowadays, we are walking out in pajamas, 
hair bonnets, and other articles of clothing that's supposed to be worn in the house. Well, so I was taught. The standard of conduct, the standard of pride, the standard of humanity has been lowered to a dismal state. We must regain our rightful place as leaders and hold ourselves accountable for things not turning around. It seems as though we're being led by the blind. Let's reclaim our rightful position and lead with dignity and watch everyone else will follow suit. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Good evening. Good evening. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good. Let's go ahead and get in it then. Let us, let's get into it. I saw today a guy walk in in pajamas. My mouth dropped open. It's like, is this what we're really doing right now? Like, outside the house, in a place of business, in pajamas. Why do they do that at? <laughs> yeah, they do that. They do that now. Um, I think, obviously, it's, it's a combination of different things, but I think one of the things that comes to mind for me is society has made us lazy. It's made us lackadaisical. It's made us um, not care. doesn't give us um, anything to compete for. Compete? Why we gotta compete? Yeah, so if it's just so not not well, I don't even know if that's the word, but um, let me just say, okay, you you can compete with other people or compete to be your best self. Excuse me for a moment. Thank you. You can compete with, I mean, compete with others or compete to be your best self. So. When I think of it, um, I think of you in pajamas. So if you and I got the same job, I'm going to be in pajamas because you're not giving me anything to go after. I've already, like, I already got what you got. So what, I don't, I don't have any motivation to get up and put on a suit or to get up and put on heels or get up and put on makeup or what have you. So, um, and I say that because society has gotten comfortable uh, and I don't know. You know, if there's no um, people don't care anymore what they look like, how they present themselves. I know, and that's the sad part. To me, that's the confusing part. Because from a distance, before you open your mouth, 
All I have is what I see. Mm-hmm. But if I see a guy yeah. walking with me in pajamas, I don't think he uh, he have escaped some type of institute or something. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. We're going to introduce Pastor. He's with us. Pastor? Hey, man. Hey, brother. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. How about you? Man, I'm frustrated, man. I'm, I'm, our people just let me down. Yeah, I, I I hear you, and uh, that's why I was gonna listen for a little while because I, I I I think I I think I kind of have something that um, another side of it, if you will. Not that it's not that it's right, um, you know. But I think I have another side of it that I'll get into later. But you know, the, uh, the one thing that you know, pops in my mind. Um, you know, we talked about who, you know, lowered the standards, but who was it that set them? You know, you, you know, if you didn't set them, you shouldn't be allowed to lower them. But unfortunately, we need to go back and find out, you know, who set the standards. And a lot of times, if you look at um, the people that are making the clothing, if you look at the people that um you know the, the the trendsetters, the popular people. A lot of times, they they will set standards on purpose. They, I mean, they'll do it. You know, they'll make a mess and then swear out as fashionable. You know, or whatever. So, you know, we we gotta watch and identify who's, you know, who set the standards to begin with. Because, you know, from my vantage point, obviously this ain't the standards God set at all. We way away from God's standards. But um, the standards we have now are more lack of standards than standards. I don't even know if you call those uh, standards. That's substandard, if you will. I mean, it's almost um, it's it's embarrassing. It's it's um, um, a slap in the face of you know uh, ancestors. It's a, it, it's just. I don't know. It's just um, it doesn't have to be this way. But like I said, I do have uh, another side of it. And I throw one of them at you right now. You know, um, ignorance lowered the standards. You know, when you don't know that you need to dress for where you're going and not for where you are, you know, you're just ignorant to the fact. You know, if I'm a if I'm a um, um, a business owner. Let's just say I'm out in the street and I'm looking for potential employees, you know, um, and I'm really interviewing them based on how they carry themselves, based on how they dress, based on, you know, how they speak and things of that nature. Then it's going to be kind of hard for me to even, you know, uh, hire somebody because a lot of people go out and they just don't care. Um, 
And so, again, you don't ever know when you go out um, who's watching you. You never know what opportunity may present itself. And uh, but yet and still we go out. Now, I teach a um, little singles ministry class. And uh, recently I told the young ladies, you know, I said, don't you let me. And, you know, I was really joking with them, but trying to get a point across. I said, don't you let me catch you at the supermarket at 7.30 in the morning with your slippers on, rollers in your hair, and you undone. And uh, they laughed at it and everything uh, because the, the, the excuse was, well, I'm just going to the store. I said, well, I know you're just going to the store, but if God spoke and said, told this man, you're going to find your wife there today, you know, and uh, you go in there, he's not going to um, be able to identify you based on the way you dress. And I know dressing has it doesn't, that's not the end all tell all. I know that, but you know we should be our best all the time. That should be our standard. You know God's standard is excellence. And if you're not your best, then you know you're lowering this lowering the standards yourself. So I think ignorance, absolute ignorance, can lower standards. We don't realize that every time we go out as a job interview. You know every time I go out and my hair is not brushed, then that looks bad on me, and it looks bad on the one that brought me up, and it looks bad on my barber, too. And man, who cut your hair? You know, so, you know, ignorance. We don't realize that we represent more than than just ourselves. So ignorance lowered the standards, and that's just one of them, but I got a whole list of them, if you will. So I'll just stop right there with that one. Okay. I can dig that. I think that you actually set the standard. And you then you mentioned ancestors. For me, that's who set my standards. My grandparents. Right. And that bar was set fairly high. It was decent, but it was high. Because I couldn't go out with a clothes wrinkle. I couldn't go out you know, without <clears throat> stars and iron and all that good stuff. I couldn't. But I got old enough, haircut every week. When I was young, it was every two weeks. Faithfully. And it's still mm-hmm. that way to this day. My son got ready to walk out the door. I was like, um, son, never mind. Why talk to your son? <laughs> so, to your point, the ancestors said that, but I believe that we move away from our foundation and start picking up whatever Joe Blow is selling via rap music or videos. Yep. And that's the reason why we're the way that we are. Our foundation doesn't work. They're old. They don't know. That's They're not cool. So I'm going to do what the young cool fool, quote unquote, is saying. You know, I, I'm, I'm 
I live in the I will be nice and say an extremely rural area. That's you know, that's kinda like a mixture of the country and the hood together. Extremely rural area. That's a nice way of putting it. But one of the things I can say about the majority of the elderly women is when they go out, their hair, you know, it may not be a fancy do, but it's it's curled, it's it's combed. Uh, when they go out, they're also going to do something. They're going to take their purse with them. I don't care where they go. They're going to take their purse with them. They're going to, um, you know, they're going to look nice when they go somewhere. I mean, you you know, we laugh. Uh, you know, around here we laugh at, uh, say, my mother or some of the older women because, you know, they can, they can go to the store to get, you know, gas. And they come up, come out all... You know, looking nice with that person. You're like, where are you going? I'm just going to get some gas. But you don't ever know, you know, what may happen along the way. You know, matter of fact, they used to say around here and probably a lot of places, but they used to say, you know, when you go out, they were so uh, serious about it, they would say, make sure you got clean underwear on <laughs> just mm-hmm. in case you get in an accident. You know, I don't mean to sound gross, but that's. That's how serious they were about their standards. You know, uh, my mother, before she goes to bed at night, she cleans up her house. And I, I I believe we all should straighten it up at least or whatever, but her reasoning for doing it may not be legitimate. But she said, you know, if something happens to her and people got to come to her house, at least the house is clean. You know, in other words, that's that's her standard. That's That's what she you know, believes in. You know, her standard is don't let my car get below a half a tank of gas. That's her standard. You know, if I had that standard, I never would have run out of gas a few times that I did. You know, but again, um, you know, standards require accountability. You know, if there's no standards, there's no accountability. You know, and so when there's no standards and no accountability, then we're going to attract any and everything. That's just all there is to it. And um, uh, so, very good topic tonight. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? Um, I I can, you know, agree with Pastor. Um, you know, I, I, we've talked about it before, but, you know, I have conversations with the, the boy all the time about his parents. And you know, his thing is, is I'm overdressed for for school, and you only have on jeans and a polo shirt. What do you mean you're overdressed? But then when I'm dropping them off at school, I see the kids in basketball shorts, long socks, sandals. Some wear Crocs. Some don't have socks on. And, um, you know, hoodie shirts, hoodie sweatshirts or what have you. And, you know, they look like they absolutely rolled out of bed to to get to school or walk straight out the gym, no shower, to come to school, you know. Um, so the, it, it's changing. Well, it has changed. The standards are definitely lower. Um, and it's, it, it's sort of tough for us old folk, as you, as you would call it, to try and compete and to try and instill in our children some type of value and some type of, you know, um, self-appreciation 
and when the world looks lazy, I'm sorry, that's just my opinion. I think it just looks lazy, you know, for you to. I know how I feel when I get up and I I want to put on sweatpants. That's my lazy day. You know, maybe I, I worked all week. I've done this, that, and the third, and the only thing that I feel like putting on today is sweatpants because I'm tired. That's the look that I want to portray because that's what I am. Um, and usually I'm not going anywhere. But so when I see someone else in that type of attire, the, the first thing that I think is, oh, they they lazy. But when they wear it every day, it's they they real lazy. I I can see that. Um, that irks me to the to the core, and maybe because I just don't understand it. As far as the kids, you know, the, just going out like they are now. Like Pastor said, my grandmother never left home without her purse. Right. I don't even know what all she have in it. She probably have lunch, extra sandwich or something. I don't know, but mm-hmm. she had that purse every time she moved. Now, she did have her Roscoe with her. She kept the Roscoe. But <laughs> she kept that purse. Her hair was always done, and even if she did have rollers in the back part, she had it covered up in style that you would never know. She, seventy plus years old, and still take pride in herself. Mhm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my grandma. You know, my grandma used to get up. <laughs> Shower and you know she wore we call them broom skirts. She wore her broom skirts and tops because she worked from home. She babysat and stuff. But I tell you, she didn't wear, you know, like well on church days she would wear full face makeup. But she had lipstick on every day, all day. Like I wear chapstick every day, all day. She wore lipstick just to sit around the house, and I would laugh at her like, Grandma, why are you putting lipstick on? You're not going anywhere. She said, well, you don't know who come in here. Well, okay, you know. And so that's just that's just how she handled her business. She, you know, got up. She put perfume on and put her jewelry on to sit around the house and babysit a bunch of old kids. You know, they, they was probably going to spit up and poop and do everything else on her. But she didn't care. You know what I'm saying? And even, like you both say, to go out. Um, she had her bag, she had her purse, she had her lipstick, she, you know, her earrings, her hair was combed. She was she was together at all times, um, you know, and going to school. Shoot, I had to earn, my, earn all my clothes on, you know, one day of the weekend. It was probably Friday, Saturday, because we ain't doing the ironing on Sunday, you know. But I had to make sure all my jeans were ironed and all my shirts were ironed. For school, you know, that was what we did. That was a part of taking care of yourself. And I, and I understand that the world changed and, you know, we evolved. And But it's, I, I think we're just more comfortable in not um, going above and beyond or more comfortable in just, Accepting um, subpar dressing, or you know, um, lower standards being lowered when it comes to physical appearance. 
Well, I agree with both of y'all. You know, my grandmother say she's a woman, and certain things that women do, like the lipstick and and all that. So she was always, you know, pressed. She would joke about who was coming there. You know, she may be trying to find me a granddaddy. And she would say, but anyhow, the standard has has changed. But with evolution. It's not supposed to go backwards. With evolution. One would think. Because, I mean, look at the 30s, the era of that time. The guys mm-hmm. wore hats and so They had nice shoes and Stetson and just killing it. So, mm-hmm. anything ironing our pants flat versus crease, Pastor, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes sir. Sir. it is, or not ironing them at all, because some people don't even do that, you know. And it's it's just one of those things where even the workplace has changed their standards, you know. Like I, in the current job that I have, um, when I was working at the office, you know, I wore a suit to work every day, a suit or. You know, if I didn't wear my blazer or my jacket, then I, I wore a skirt and the pants and a and a blouse. But I always had a jacket or something with me just in case I had a meeting, um, because you had to dress business professional, okay. And then, as you know, as the years go by, it became business casual. Okay, well, what happened was. Now you don't have to wear a jacket in the meeting, but I still wore my my blouse and, and my skirt or my pants and my heels. Um, and then it just became casual. Well, guess what? Now and at this point, I, you know, I'm old school, so I was wearing what they would call pantyhose under my stuff or knee highs. But then it became just casual wear. You know what? No more pantyhose. You can wear, you know, your skirts and pants, no pantyhose. You can wear open-toe shoes, and guess what? They can even be sandals. And you can wear sundresses as long as your arm's not out. Just put on a sweater. And then it became, you know what, you don't need a sweater. So it, it, each interval, the standards were lowered. The expectations were lowered. And so, you know, because and this is a corporation that, you know, lowered those standards. And because of that, you know, in the workplace, I would assume that that's just what's happening throughout other workplaces and in um, school and different things like that. That saddens me. That saddens me. Because if you see your parents leave home that way, guess what the kids going to do? Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, when I, I used to take Michael to school and uh, on the days that, you know, if I had taken a day off or if I had a doctor's appointment that day, I wouldn't I I wouldn't wear a suit. You know, I would, um, you know, probably work from home and not go to work. And so I would be dressed down. And it, no lie, this boy is six years old going in first grade, going to school. And if I didn't have on work clothes, he did not want me walking him into school. 
drop, can you drop me off at the door? Well, no, Michael, I don't want to walk you into school today. Um, that's okay. You're not dressed. What? I got on clothes. I got on, you know, jeans and a t-shirt. What is wrong? No, he would not. I could not walk my son in school because because he had seen me in suits, you know, all day every day. That was a standard I set for him. And so what he was, he he's not gonna have his mama walk up in here looking like that. Couldn't walk him in school. Now. Again, you know, and that was when he was six, and now he's 14. So just in this little bit of time, he has, you know, the standards have lowered, and he's trying to slide out the house with basketball shorts. No, sir. Like, you know, like you ain't going with me in no basketball shorts. You know, I, uh, Mom, it was a football game tonight. I, can I wear basketball shorts? What? You going to a football game and you want to wear basketball shorts? Not if you ain't playing. No. Right. And even if you're playing, you better be full you better be suited up. You know, be don't be don't have excuse me, Pastor, but don't half ass it. You know, when you go to we go to a football game, we trying to put on our, you know, the clean our school sneakers, our school jeans with our school you know, we trying to dress in our school clothes. Now Everybody have play clothes. There is no separation. All play. And you know, you brought something up right there in that regard. We had, as Pastor, he liked the word seasonal. We had seasonal everything. We had play clothes. We had church clothes. We had school clothes. Yep. Yep. Shoes was the same way. And if those not your play shoes, you better not be outside playing them. You're absolutely you right. You, these not talking shoes. These your school shoes. Now, and it was if you, excuse me, if you drag it in and it's get in here and change them clothes. I'm trying to tell you. Mhm. Yeah. So what you know about that? Talk to me. Nah, they still they still exist in my house, man. Um, you know, um, you have to. For me, um, it's a little it's the same, but it's a little different because uh, in the church, there's a there's a trend going around, and has been for the last several years, to where um, the standards have been lowered in order to fill the pews. Um, because there's some people that, that, you know, they'll say, well, it don't matter what I wear. And you got others that will say, you know, I believe in giving God my best. And then you got some that will say, well, I don't have any clothes like that, so I'm not going to church. And so you find yourself, you know, just really just walking on eggshells trying to decide, okay, what is the, you know, uh, the standard going to be? So then you say, well, okay. The last Sunday of every month, that's going to be dressed down Sunday. That way I got a bigger crowd that day. But then it angers the older people because they were brought up when you go to church, you give your absolute best. So it's um, it's funny how, it is, how it's invaded the church. It's really funny how it's invaded the church. But young people don't want to go uh, because of the attire. 
likewise with the music. You know, a lot of churches have gone to what they call traditional services and, you know, uh, contemporary services. And they do it as basically divided among age groups. The older church wants the old slow hymns. They want to sing about coming up on the rough side of the mountain, sweep around your own front door, things of that nature. And the the, the newer folk, they want the something with that hard-driving beat, you know. And um, so it's really gotten into the church. Um, unfortunately, it has. And uh, it's a sad state of affairs right now, you know, because when you look at the standards, and I say, okay, if you you've you've broken the standard if you don't wear a suit, well, maybe you don't own a suit, but maybe that nice shirt that you have on is perfectly ironed, and you look fine in that, so did I really lower the standards, or I just didn't meet your standards? you know so it's it's um again a good topic tonight and um and we do have to look at both sides of it. We do have to understand that there are standards that we should and should never lower. You know, um, my mother, for instance, if she comes in the house, in my house right now, if she comes in um, and she's got her purse with her uh, and my wife is sitting over there and my wife just happened to sit her purse down on the floor, my mother would have oh, a fit. Oh. You don't sit that place on the floor. Don't you do that, baby. No, baby, don't ever do that. You know, uh, that's that's how she feels, you know. And my wife literally just, I just got something out of my purse. I'm sitting right here. I just sat it on the floor. My mother can't, she just about have to leave the house. She can't stand that. She told him, baby, you, you put it down there, your money going to be low off. So don't, don't, don't right, do that, right. you, you know. So, again, it's standards, man, but. That's why I said initially we got to look at who who set the standards. We got to see why that standard was set like that. And um, you know, um, you can call them standards. You can call them traditions. You know, uh, we just had this whole big flare up the last few years about the football player that didn't uh, they wanted they would not um, when it came to the Pledge of Allegiance or National Anthem. I think it was. Forgot which one. He decided to bow. You know, he wasn't saying anything. He just decided to bow instead of standing with his, you know, hand over his chest. You know, so because his thing was, you know what? That no, I'm not doing that. So again, you 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 talk about a, a big topic. This is a huge topic right here. Well, I think for me, now I've heard that as well as far as. The purse bed on the floor. Oh my goodness. Yep. Oh my goodness. I mean, it's not even on the floor while they're driving, like the floor of the car. No, no, you don't do that. You don't do that. You put that on the seat. If you got to put it in the seat belt with you, my my purse don't touch the floor. My grandmother was was, was I don't want to say uh, she was adamant about it. And just like your mother, she will check my wife as well. You don't put that purse on the floor. That's right. Period. Now That's you may exactly mention right. uh, you may mention of the, the the brother who who kneeled 
instead of standing for the national anthem. Right. In that regard, this, that's his belief, right? But yes, sir. it wasn't who set the standard that we must remove our hats and, and all this stuff. Is it a standard or was it like tradition? Which would be the same question could be asked about the way we dress and the way we carry ourselves. Is it standard or is it tradition? I don't know, but you you probably can speak to this a lot better than I can. Um, I had to um, preach on a military base, um, a series of services. And, um, you know, I've never been a part of the military, but at 5 o'clock every single day we would be walking, you know, going to um, the um, officer's club or whatever they called it, going to different places, wherever the services were being held at, just going to do a mic check, things like that. And at 5 o'clock every day faithfully, man, it was almost like the car stopped. The people stopped. Nobody was saying a thing. And then they start, you know, uh, some of them would salute. Some of them would, I don't know what you call that. I don't know what they do. But I mean, I'm talking every evening at 5 o'clock, everything stopped. I'm not in the military, so I'm like, what in the world's going on? And the guy explained to me that that's, that's their standard. That's what you, that's, that's the requirement. You're required to do that. And, uh, you know, I'm not in the military, so I guess they obviously couldn't do anything to me. But because I saw them doing it, I came to a complete stop, too. Now, I didn't salute or whatever you call it because I don't, you know, didn't really know how to do all that stuff, but I made sure I was completely still. Uh, so I don't, I forgot what they called it. It was a special time every day at 5 o'clock, man, and it was just like, I don't know if it was the end of the work day. I don't know if it was. Come to Jesus time, I don't know what you call that thing, but man, that thing was serious. Well, it is. You that's the Lord of the flag. Okay. So when they lower okay. the flag, you in uniform, you stop, aim towards the direction, and you salute. Wow. Period. But that's when you're in uniform and when you're covered. If you're inside of a building, you keep it moving. Okay. If you're outside okay. and not in uniform, you come to attention, which is what both hands are to your side and you still. And then once they finish sounding the horns, you move back along, they drop their salute, and everything pit back up like it was on pause. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's that's their, you know, that's their that's their standard. And so that's why I asked initially, you know, who who set the standard? And I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily a standard breaker, but I am a person that like to know why I'm doing what I'm doing. I I like to know, okay, why am I doing this? You know, I don't wanna just do it because I saw you doing it. I wanna do it because it's the right thing to do. You know, so uh, we gotta we gotta Identify, our, you know, our standard bearers. 
really got to do that because, again, there's a whole other side of this thing that we haven't even looked at yet. And, uh, uh, you know, at the right time, I'm, I'm going to show you a side that, you know, probably going to upset some folk, man, to be honest with you. Well, there's no final time to now. So let's go on to break it out. Let's look at the other side. Let's get it. Let's get it. Well, um, you know, one of the things that um, that will lower the standards is a word called lack. When you don't have what everybody else has, you will lower your standards to get it. If I don't have what Quick has and I want it bad enough, if I'm lacking something, if my kids don't have something, you know what? I'll lower my standards. I'll lower my dress. I'll do whatever I got to do to get whatever it is that I'm lacking. So sometimes for some people, just 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 plain out lack, L A C K, not having. Not saying it's right. Not saying it's wrong. But I'm just saying that that's one thing that uh, can lower standards. Another thing is is, is uh, uh, jealousy. You know, if you're jealous enough, you know what. You will lower your standards. I'm not going to sit there and watch, you know, uh, the Jones across the street outdo me like this. I'm not going to do that, man. I'm jealous of them, and if they got it, then doggone it, I'm going to get it too, you know. Um, 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 uh, impatience will cause you to lower your standards. Just plain not being patient. You know, you know that your time will come, your season will come, but you don't want to wait on that. So you figure, you know what? Instead of waiting till I am able to go and purchase that vehicle, I'm impatient, so I'm going to go ahead. I'll lower my standards now. I'll do what I got to do. I'll do what I got to do. Um, a lot of times in the church, uh, one of the things we run into is uh, people that have gone out. I don't know if they exist where you guys are, but it's called um, payday loan. It's a payday loan business, and they will loan you a certain amount of money until your payday, and, and I think it lasts about two weeks or whatever. But now if they loan you, and I'm just making numbers up, but if they loan you $200, you probably got to pay them about 350 back, you know. And so because you're impatient, you don't want to wait, you'll go out there to that place. And the church has had to pull, you know, several people out of great debt because, you know, they were – um, they were just impatient, didn't want to work, didn't want to wait. So impatience can cause you to uh, lower your standards. Uh, greed, just flat out greed, just greedy. I'm just greedy. I'm going to lower my standards I'm cause, because I'm greedy. You know, I'll lower my standards. And this is not going to sound good. Um, well, let me give you another one. Popularity will cause you to lower your standards. You know, just just I want to be I, I want to be popular. I want to be in the in crowd. Everybody else is wearing basketball shorts to school. I want to wear them. Everybody else, you know, I I just want to be popular. So I will lower my standards in order, uh, you know, to be uh, uh, popular. Satisfaction will cause you to lower your standards. I just want to be satisfied. I, I just want to be satisfied. I, I don't want to have to worry. I don't want to have to plan. I don't want to have to depend on anyone else. You know, I want to live a life of satisfaction, so I'll lower my standards. I'll go out and 
buy that bedroom suit that you know causes that costs uh, you know uh, $10,000 or whatever. I will lower my standards. I, I've got guys around here that would drive around in uh, a, a very pricey Mercedes and they still live in the home with their mama and not even, you know, really contributing to help their mom, you know. But they just want to live that satisfied life. And the last one I got tonight is not going to be popular, but it's true. I see it all the time. It may not be true for anybody, but I see it oftentimes with men and women that will cause you to lower your standards. And this is mainly uh, young people, but I don't know if any other way, any other way to say it other than just say it like this. Just without being horny, sexually horny, will cause you to lower your standards. I am, can't wait till I get married. I can't wait till this the right person. I can't wait. No, I need sexual healing. <laughs> so I'm going to lower my standards. I know it wasn't brought up like this, but you know what? We were in the booth in the back in the corner in the dark, and your hand felt good to my hand, and I'm sweating, and you sweating, and we vibrating, and stuff is moving, and because of all that, I gotta lower my standards now. I gotta go out. I gotta. I, I heard a young lady, and quick, I want to say this to you. You know, I know your wife is listening, and I know you'll cover me on this thing. But this girl was—I mean, she was absolutely drop dead gorgeous. She was just—I mean, she was just beautiful. We were standing in line at a restaurant, and then, you know, you've been around guys, and you say. You know, well, I'm going out tonight. I'm going to the club. Look, man, I don't mean no harm, but I'm going to get some tonight. That's all there is to it. You know, I got to get some, you know, and they would call what they were going to get. I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about being down with OPP, if you will, whatever you want to call it. But I've heard that from guys yeah, practically my entire life. This beautiful girl, when I saw her, I was like, she is beautiful. I've seen them many times before. But she was standing in line, and this is what she told another girl that was standing with her. She said, you know what? She said, I'm sorry. I don't care who like it, who don't like it. I'm going out tonight, and I'm going to get me some D. And you figure out what the D is. She said it just like that, but she didn't say D. I like to fell through the floor. I like to. I was so hurt, so shocked, so I, in other words, I'm a little, I'm beautiful. Uh, people think a lot of me. I'm intelligent. I actually have a good job, but I, I'm a lower my standard tonight. It, I'm sorry. I ain't waiting no more. He's not asking me to marry him. None of that. I don't even really want him. This is all I want from him. So I just gave you another side of that thing, man. Uh, and again, none of it may be popular, but this is some of the reasoning that people would give for lowering their standards. Look, man, I got lack in my life, you know, so if I got to go and sleep with this man, you know, in order to get the money for, you know, to buy my kids some Christmas, it is what it is. It is what it is. So I gave you a rather long, exhaustive list that, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't really on the radar, but this is things that I feel like, you know, uh, some folk probably need to hear about, and then maybe they'll stop doing it. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? This far back passed up. Wow, <laughs> wow. 
I think I mean I think he's right. You know, all um all of it. I think he's absolutely right. And the, that last one, um, it's funny because I think you and I kind of mentioned a little bit about that today during our conversation when we were coming home from work um, about that last one. So, you know, it's. I don't think that people actually look at it that way. You know, they don't, you know, when, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where, where they don't see you know, lowering their standards to get some leg or whatever you call it, um, they don't see it's actually lowering their standards overall. They, you know, they're trying to satisfy a need or a want for the moment um, without thinking about the consequences because they they do follow you, you know. Um, so he, I think he's, he's right on the money. Pastor, I ain't going to leave you out there, but some of those situations that you've mentioned, I have witnessed, and it has been one of those things like, as an adult, as an adult male, you got to step back and ask yourself, what's next, and then what? You know what I mean? Yeah. You get it? And then yeah. what? How is that going to better you? How are you going to better her? If not, the moment you do get it, and you get up and walk away, she's going to feel even worse. Yep. You're exactly right. And truthfully, he may as well. He may front like, you know, nah, I'm good. But in actuality, he's making that move because he's lonely. Right, yeah. Yes, sir. It definitely needs to be, uh, you know, brought to the forefront. Because when I when I found out what the subject was going to be, um, literally within, and when I say seconds, I mean seconds, this is a list that, came up in my spirit and I you know, I was like, I don't think this is what they're looking for. So, um you know, I hesitated about calling in initially but I was like, Okay, look, the truth is just the truth and this is how some people, you know, feel, but just like you just said, quick, you know, you, you can try to be a man all you wanna be and say, you know, it's just a one night thing thing, you grown, I'm grown we do what grown people do, and you go away your way, and I go mine. It's not that easy. It's just not that easy. It's not. I mean, even if there's no child involved, no pregnancy, anything like that occurs from it, there was exchange of um, spirits. There was exchange of uh, emotions and things of that nature, and that don't leave you immediately. And like you said, it, you you may not regret it immediately, but at some point you will. You you'll look back and be like, Man, I I should never have have done that. I should never have this. You know, there was a guy in South Carolina. Never forget this guy. Um, didn't know him personally or anything, but um he was having intercourse with as many women as he could 
and he did it knowing that he was HIV positive. And I, I think I got the story right, but it was something in his past relationship where somebody had really just, um, you know, hurt him. I mean, really just scarred him. And, you know, um, he just lowered his standard to the point to where he wanted to uh, hurt other people. I mean, you think about that, man. That's, uh, you know, and, of course, they did eventually get him. Um, and I'm sure the women checked themselves out. I don't know the, you know, how it all turned out. I don't know if he affected, infected any of them. I, I really don't know. But, you know, just just things like that, man. Anger can cause you to just lower your standards. Just sheer anger, hurt, can cause you to lower your standards. This man hurt me. That man hurt me. All men are dogs. A man can't do but one thing for me. You know, you, you, you just be amazed, man, how... Um, the least little thing can cause you to say, you know what, it's not worth it. You know, um, I heard another lady say, I hear a lot being a pastor, but I hear that heart too. And this lady basically was taught that if you're being um, in essence raped, you know, don't try to fight back. Don't try to fight back at all. Don't yell. Don't scream. The best thing to do is just to lay there and let him finish. And I asked, I said, well, why, why would you feel like that? Why, why did your mom tell you that? And, you know, why do you feel like that? And this is what she told me. She said, well, at the end of the day, it's just a piece of ASS. And I was like, you got to be, don't don't say that to me. I know he's mistreating you, but don't you ever look at your body and say, that's all it is. Come on now. At the end of the day, it's the same thing. If it had been my boyfriend, so let him get finished. And that, this is how people are lowering their standards. And I want you to know every, everything I gave you on the list is somebody that I've had to deal with. It's situations that have actually happened in one way, shape, form, or fashion. And this is not over the last week or anything. This is over, you know, I don't know, 20, 20 years, 20 plus years or whatever. Um, you know, but again, people lower their standards. And, 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 and what I try and do is not come down on them, not, you know, to tell them you're right with what you've done or you're wrong. I, I don't try to tell people who's right. I try to tell them what's right. And so if I can ever get them to see God's standards, then that's, um, you know, conviction enough, if you will, because we've all done things. The Bible says we all sin and come short of God's glory. So when I look at God's standards, I'm like, man, I don't even want to think about the stuff I've done in my life, you know. But I know that he'll forgive me for it. I know that he will. But um, again, man, that, that list I gave you, is, that's a real list. That's not fabricated. It just all came up in my heart and spirit quickly, and I put that list together in a matter of probably less than less than a minute and a half. I just wrote down the words. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? 
Um, yeah, that's, I mean, very, very good topic. And, you know, I, um, I hadn't even obviously thought about the subject when we first began talking about it. I hadn't thought about it in this context, but I think that everything that Pastor said is, is real and it needs to be shared because I don't think, you know, again, people realize that um, even if you lower your standards, even for a moment, you can create a pattern in your life. And, you know, you if you do that, then you'll do this. And, you know, um, once you do that, then you'll do this. And you get to the lowest of low. And, and sometimes you don't even know that you the bar that was set for you by your grandparents or by your parents. Sometimes you don't even realize that you've lowered that bar um, so much in your life that you're not even living the life that God has designed for you because you've intervened and you've lowered your standards. Um, you know, so I think that, that everything that you said needs to be said and it needs to be heard. Just a quick, I want to, I want to, I want to um, throw a challenge out there to a young lady or a young man that's listening to just, just you know, call in or chime in and and you know share your real story. Not not so that anybody can, you know, throw stones at you. That's not what I'm talking about. But talk about a time where, you know, maybe you lowered your standards in one of these areas that we just discussed and. Now maybe you regret it. You know, I'd love to hear a real testimony about it. You know, because it exists. It's 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 real. And if you need to list again, it's uh, we lower our standards because of popularity, greed, lack, jealousy, satisfaction, impatience. And the word I created, horniness. I don't know that that's the word, but my love came out. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I don't. I may have created a new word here today. That's <laughs> bad. But I'd love to hear somebody's real story. Again, I don't. I don't want anybody to call in wanting to fight. We're not looking for a fight. We're not saying we're any better. There's so many areas I've lowered my standards. Um, you know. And I just, I just want to hear a real story because I feel like somebody needs to be helped tonight because they're considering. We're getting close to Christmas time, and people want gifts for their kids. People want to go on vacation. People maybe are tired of the you know nine to five grind, and they just they just want some relief right now. And you know, lowering your standards sometimes seems like it takes the pressure off. And so I want. A real person to call in here and say, you know what, don't do it because I've done it, and you know I do regret it. Live to tell about it, but I, I, you know, I'd love to hear somebody do that just to help somebody else, just to help somebody else. So, my brother, my sister, please share it with us tonight. Well, I guess I need to give you the number. Feel free to call in at nine two nine. Four seven seven two nine seven eight. The challenge is to share your story. Let us know. This is a judgment-free zone. We just want to have a conversation. 
So, if you're listening, 929-477-2978. Pastor, now you know you're asking something hard now. What's that? You know, somebody to reveal those scars. Yeah, man, but you know what? One of the things I found out is that um, in helping others, actually you're receiving help yourself. Um, Psychiatrists and psychologists make a lot of money by sitting there listening to you, uh, revealing your scars. They don't say anything. At the end, the only thing they do is they give you some legal drugs to, you know, (laughs) to try to take the edge off. And so... uh, you know, I'm trying to save somebody some money and say, listen, you ain't got to call a psychiatrist. Come on, just be real. The truth sets you free. Come and share your truth. And see, don't you feel, see how liberated you feel in being a blessing to somebody else. Um, it hurts to talk about all this, man, because you know what? I've disappointed God. I've disappointed my family. I've disappointed friends. Um and now I try not to disappoint friends, family, or you know uh, my kids. I don't. I don't want to disappoint them. You know, um, I really don't. And so I try to keep my standards high. I try my best to keep my standards high. But um, again, from time to time, unfortunately, you know, I lower my standards. Let me let me bear one of mine. So it may inspire somebody to call in. Listen. The, the the American Medical Association, the the the, the doctors, the my mama and everybody else will tell you it is not good to be overweight. It is you need to watch what you eat. There's a standard that has been set. You're supposed to have a certain thing on your on your plate. There's some things you need to avoid. As a black man, I've been told to avoid red meat. There's so many things that I have been told the standard has been set. Now, it may have been set by my family. It may have been set by the doctors. But yet and still, guess what? I did not lower that standard, um, you know, all because I needed, all because I either wanted it or because I needed some type of relief. I don't drink. I don't smoke. But my drug of choice is you know, uh, food is not good for me. So that gives you an idea right there. And you say, well, that's minimal. That's minor. Well, it is, but if I don't do something about it, I can shorten my life, meaning my my kids could have less years with their father. My wife could have less years with her husband. You could have less years with me on this, this line because, you know, I got to do something, you know, uh, about it, and I can't just talk about it. I got to go and do something. But because I lowered my standards, now um, I'm not suffering. I'm not struggling, but my health is not where it should be, and I'm not able to do the things that I could be able to do. So that gives you an idea right there. I lowered my standards and said, "Hey, look, and man, I'm here by myself. I'm up late at night. I'm frustrated. You know, as much as I like water, and I really do." Just, just getting that sting in the back of my throat from acid coming out of that soda bottle, you know. Um, you know, that's why I can't look down on a man with a Bud Light, a Coors Light, a, uh Old English, or 
Coke 44, <laughs> you know, whatever you, whatever your choice is. I can't look a slit, small look. I go back to the bull. You know, I can't look down on them because uh, they're shortening their life with what they're doing, you know, and I'm shortening mine with what I'm doing. So um, that's another example of lowering your standards. Miss Quick, do you have an example of lowering your standards? <laughs> I know you was going to ask me. <laughs> um, I thought you was going to go. Yeah, I do, actually. I I have an example of lowering my standards because of anger. Um, I I had I, I grew up and my parents were divorced, and I guess all these years had so many years had gone by, and I was 24, and I had a situation with um, a person, well, with my mom, okay. So I had a situation where she and I had been in, had, you know, gotten into an argument, and I was staying with her for a while. She put me out. And um, the night that she allowed me to come back to get my clothes and packing and moving, she, you know, she had been drinking. And um, she told me that I could bring my friend over. So my friend and I were packing our clothes. And, um, and this is not even knowing, you know, um, she had been drinking, and so she started talking junk, and, you know, um, one thing led to to the next, and, you know, I, I fought my mom, okay? And what I realized after the fact, like in the moment, I felt like I was, I was livid. I was angry. I was mad, and I was just almost like a pot overboiling with water that's I mean, just anger and hatred um, for all these years of whatever happened between my parents. I didn't know. It didn't make any difference to me. But um, all these years had gone by, and I had heard over and over again of all the things that my dad had done wrong and all the, you know, all the negative things that he was. And as an adult, you know, when I when I had the opportunity to pursue this relationship with him, he was exactly the opposite of, of what I was told he was. And, you know, he had taken responsibility for his fault in our family breaking up. But my mom didn't, you know, she never took that responsibility. So that night, this night, um, you know, when she was arguing with me and in my face, like all of this came up. I have no idea where it came from. Obviously, I was harboring it, but it all came up and it all came back. And I, and I honestly, I hate to say this, but in this moment, I hated her. I hated who she was. I hated who she was standing, you know, she was standing in front of me as my mother. Yes. I realized that. Yes. But she never, the relationship as mom and daughter, we never had. So in, in all honesty, this was a complete stranger to me. And, um, I just, I just, I lowered my standards because I was angry and I felt like, you know, you, you getting in my face, you know, I'm going to hit back. And that's just what it was. Um, now, obviously many years have passed because I'm way past 24 now and, you know, God dealt with me on many different levels um, because of that. And, you know, our relationship isn't the greatest now. It's, it's being mended. 
but that I feel like, you know, and I've apologized and I've, you know, I've tried to make amends, but I feel like that, um, you know, because of that, you know, she, in her remembering that and knowing who she is to me, um, I crossed the line, and that's something I can never go back from. Like, I can't, I can't take that back. Obviously, I, I would change things now, um, hindsight being 2020, but I, I can't go back and change that. And um, it's unfortunate because I think that, you know, may, maybe, you know, things would have been different or could have been better between she and I, but I lowered my standard because of anger. And um, because of that decision, there are certain things um, that in my life that I won't be able to enjoy with my mom like a normal, functional mother and daughter relationship could. So it's out there. That's heavy, but it's out there. Well, y'all got it. Uh, I have so many... I can't even uh, narrow it down for y'all. But one thing I can say is that I will not do it again. The best thing about going through this type of stuff is you learn from it. And you move on. That's what I did. That's why I just, it's, it's so many. <laughs> it's so many, um, Pastor. I can't even put my finger on it. Right, I understand. I, trust me, we all have them. Um, I'm just grateful to God for Miss Quick sharing hers because um, number one is a lot of people that have gone down that path. But tonight, you know, may cause somebody to think, you know, and and prevent them, keep them from going down that path. Um, you know, I, I admire her for sharing. You know her real story. That's not easy. It's not easy to tell. But you know, this, this, again, this shows how um, you know we really want to help people. We're not. We're not here. We're not the judge, the jury, and the executioner. We're just you know regular Joes, man, and and and, and that just you know we we care, and um, we don't want you to make the mistakes that we have made, and. Uh, we're not proud of what we've done, but, you know, the fact that we live to tell the story, the fact that, you know, all of us are willing to admit, you know what, I'll never let it happen again. You know, to me, that's the, you know, if you don't learn your lesson, that, that that's a whole nother show right there. But when you learn your lesson, man, when you, when you, when you know better, do better. And, you know, um, uh, nearly forty-year-old Mrs. Quick or whatever Mrs. Quick's age is uh, cannot undo or take the blame for what uh, you know twenty-something-year-old Miss Quick did. You know the mind, the mind is matured. The um, relationship with God has increased. Um, a lot of situations have changed. She's realized a lot of. Um, you know, received a lot of information that she didn't have at that time. You know, everybody everybody listening to this, you know, had a brain fart somewhere in their 20s. You know, we, we thought we knew, and 
and we would stand on what we knew. And, uh, you know, we didn't know anything. But, you know, uh, truth be told, you know, what goes around, you know, comes around. And I'm not going to try to say she was right, and I'm not going to try to say that her mom was right. I'm going to say this, though. The Bible covers it all. It tells us to honor our mother and father, but it also tells our parents not to provoke us to wrath. So two wrongs ain't going to make a right any way you go. So, you know, I thank God she was able to, you know, live beyond it, to say I'm sorry, to try and build a relationship. You know, that's all that you can do. But that that right there is, I mean, man, I pray someone else will call in, but that right there, that does it for me right there, just to know that uh, you can lower your standards just for a little bit. I mean, man, listen, the jail, I, I visit the prison. I'm, I'm in there quite often, and the prison is full of people that lower their standards just just for a little bit, and they made a lifetime decision. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. I mean, really, that's 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 it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's it, man. That's that's all it takes. So and they have just counted to five. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. I'm gonna say this. Yeah. You know, I always say I was raised by my grandparents. My mother was dead. My mother, she had a drug issue, and um, my grandparents had the standards, had the bar high. And from the stories I hear, even for her. So she and I didn't have traditional mother-son relationship. We were more like brothers and sisters. And my grandmother or my grandfather, they didn't nurture our mother and son relationship. You know, it was a lot of disrespect. It was a lot of you know, illness. Maybe they were trying to protect me from that lifestyle. Who knows? But one day we was watching TV, man, and I was sitting in my chair. I think I went to the restroom or something. Came back, and she was in my chair. Now be mindful. I would never do this again as long as God have breath in me. I was like, you know, get out of my chair. Plus, I was raised as the only child, so by my grandparents, so I probably a little screwed up. I know I'm giving you a lot of excuses, but she didn't get out my chair, man. So I picked up the chair with her in it and dumped her out. Yeah. Hurt me to my heart as an adult. Yeah. I since then apologized. She didn't even remember it. Yeah. But I held this down for like years, maybe 10 years, that this been on my head, on my heart. And I go to apologize, and she don't even remember. But I had to apologize for me, not for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt about it, man. I, I hear you. I even hear, in my mind at least, I even hear the the sorrow in your voice even now, you know, um, you know, it, it apologizing and moving on from it. It doesn't take the, the embarrassment and the pain away. It, it really doesn't. It doesn't undo it or anything like that. But, you know, the only thing you can do is apologize. That's, that's all you can do. And, and um, it, you know, sometimes that's enough. Sometimes 
people won't accept that, but you have to do it for you and for them. And uh, and we have to move on. And one of the things okay. that I think that – yes, sir. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you definitely got to emphasize that a true apology comes with action and not just words. Oh, no, oh, no, <laughs> no doubt. It can't come from – apology doesn't come from uh, your head. It comes from your heart. And you want you to, I want you to think about your heart. Without your heart, you can't function. Your heart is what allows you to do everything that you do. So uh, when that apology comes out of your heart, it's followed with corresponding action. You know, mm-hmm. um, now I can't make anybody uh, accept uh, my apology, but that's not why I'm giving it to you. I'm giving it to you because I regret truly regret my actions and if there's anything that I can do to um you know to better our relationship, you know, I'm not gonna buy you or anything like that. But I will show you that I will never hurt you again. I will show you that I regret every day of my life doing or saying, you know, whatever it is that I did or said. So yeah, a real apology comes from the heart. It comes from the heart, no doubt about it. Miss Quick, a real apology comes from the heart. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, for for some offenses, you know, it's it, an apology will do just fine. You know, um, for ones such as mine. It's, it's just one of those things that where no matter how long or how many times you apologize, um, it's, it's never going to be enough, you know. And the unfortunate part is, you know, I have to accept that because it was I, there. There are a whole lot of different things that I could have done that night differently that would have changed the outcome of where our relationship is. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, the the thing about it is is the relationship between she and I was never really strong. Um, I'd like to say that I'm the black sheep because it was it was always me. If somebody's gonna get cussed out, it's gonna be me. If somebody's gonna get put out, it's gonna be me. Um, never my brother or my sister. And and for the for the whole 24 years, I felt like you know I could carry that. You know I would rather it be me than be them. Because I, I felt like I was strong enough to endure that, to endure her wrath for, for whatever it is, you know, for whatever reason. And maybe the relationship between she and I was messed up simply because of the failed marriage. Who knows? But in any case, the, you know, the apology, no matter how many times, no matter how sincere, no matter whether it comes from the heart, the soul, <coughs> Um, it's it's just not enough because as soon as something goes wrong or, you know, there's a, a catchphrase or, or something that's said, um, it can jog her or, or send her back to that night of, of who I was in that moment, not who I am now or who I was before then because, um, you know, she doesn't really know who I am now. She didn't really know me before then, but she remembers then. She remembers that night. Um, and of course I do too. Yeah, just like it was yesterday. Um, 
you know, something that if I could go back, I wouldn't go. You know, my daddy said, don't go. No, you know, she's being nice, and she said I could, and Corey's going to go, you know. Um, And so I'm not going to be alone. Nothing's going to happen and different things like that. But um, it's one of those things where, you know, if I could hear don't go again, it would be, you know, okay, you know, I'll wait it out or um, something like that. But, you know, sometimes an apology won't be good enough. So you have to, you know, before you commit the offense or, or before you lower your standard for any reason, you know, you got to think about the outcome and think about what is it going to take to right your wrong. Because in my case, it can't be, can't be fixed. It can't be made right. Ooh, what is it going to take to right that wrong? Man. That's something right there. What is it going to take to right that wrong? Pastor, give me something on that, please. Well, the only thing that can right the wrong, and I'll give you a perfect example of it, um, is both of you um, have to grow in Christ before you grow, you know, to each other. And the reason that I say that is, okay, Mrs. Quick has got has bettered her relationship with God. Okay, God has forgiven her. If she asks him, he's forgiven her. Uh, she's already asked the mom to forgive her. Um, I feel like Miss Quick has, to a degree, forgiven herself. Okay, that's all well and fine, but until mom gets in that place with God to where she realizes, you know what, I you know, played a role in this also. I'm not excusing my daughter, but I did play a role in this. But either way it go, what neither one of us did was right, so I forgive her also. And now we can work together to help other uh, uh, mothers and daughters. Um, An example that I have for you, um, it's happened more than one time, but there was a drunk driver that uh, hit a kid, took the kid's life, and the mother and the father obviously were devastated. They put the kid in jail. The mother wanted to go see the kid, and the kid kept saying, no, I don't want to see him. I don't want them coming, fussing and raising sand at me or whatever, whatever. But over the process of time, and it took a few years, that mother of the deceased child was able to go and see um, that person in jail. They saw each other. Uh, and they immediately broke down, embraced each other, developed a relationship over the years. When that person got out of the jail, they had nowhere else to go. And so the woman of the deceased daughter invited her into her house to stay there, and now they go around the country speaking against drunk driving. They're the best of friends. They're the best of friends. Now, to me, uh, and, and to hear them say, you know, it wasn't enough for them to just uh, say I'm sorry or just to say I forgive you. If we couldn't go on and help others, if we couldn't share our story, then it was it was just going to be, you know, fruitless. And that's what they're doing. And it's uh, it's an amazing story. And, and I believe that if uh, two people truly are sorry for what they've done. Uh, one will forgive, the other one will accept the forgiveness, and they can move forward. They may agree just to let it go, but they don't bring it back up. 
they don't allow alcohol to bring it back up. They don't allow hard times to bring it back up or anybody else. You know, the Bible talks about when the Lord forgives us that he throws our wrongdoings into a sea of forgetfulness. In other words, it's almost as if God is saying, you know, and this is just me paraphrasing. It's almost as if God is saying, I'm saying, God, please just forgive me again for what I did to that girl. And God is saying, did to what girl? I don't know what you're talking about. I've already forgotten about that. You've already asked me for forgiveness for that or whatever. So it it, it is um it's a fine line, but just because we say forgive me, that don't mean they're going to do it. But we're still required, uh, you know, to do so. And uh, once you ask for your forgiveness and as you mature in your relationship with God, both of you, you'll be amazed at um, what can become of it. You really will. But like you said, that first, I I do believe before you even ask God or, or, or I'm sorry, ask the person who you offended to forgive you, you got to have that conversation with God. Just so to be received, just so maybe even be remembered. You know what I mean? Like, let's, and ask God to even guide the words. Before I come to you, I'm going to talk yes. to God first. Look, God, I know I screwed up. Please forgive me. And please put it on my brother's heart to forgive me. Bruh, I screwed up. Please forgive me. That's it. Am, am I right in that order? Yeah, I mean, you gotta you got to get things... Um, we we gotta get things right with God, and and and, but then we you know we you just can't go and get them right with God and not talk to the person that you, you know you abused, but at the same time you can't just get it right with that person and not get it right with God. So yeah, you need to go to God. For me personally, you need to go to God for strength, uh, for opportunity, uh, for direction. You need to go to Him and say, God, you, I ask that you give me the opportunity and the right time and the right words, you know, to be able to deal with this because you don't want to, you don't want, that may be the only opportunity you get and you don't want to bungle it. You want to, you know, make sure that, that, because, you know, if you hurt me, you, you probably, you're probably not going to have very long in my presence. So you got to make your words count, I guess you would say. So, um, you know, it's hard, man, but, it can be done. Let's stop acting as if it can't be done because it definitely can be. And and here's the thing, you know, like, obviously for me in, in that night, in that moment, I knew what I felt, okay? Like I, I knew I was angry. I knew that I, I felt hatred, not understanding where it was coming from or why. It was just, it honestly, it was, it was instant. You know, you, you set the water on the, the one second. You got cold water on the burner, and with that burner on high, it's boiling over. It was just that fast, um, and and then obviously I lost it. But so what, what happened um, after that is obviously it's it's like a, a mini series, you know, because my life at that point started to take a different turn, um, and I believe because 
of these actions, you know, um, that's just my belief. But, um, and so I, and even before then, had been raised in a church, had had a relationship with God, you know, knew how to pray, had my faith, even before this night. It was just, you know, just this moment that, you know, I, I slipped up. But anyhow, so there was a series of events that happened to me um, in my life after that um, because I didn't know why. I had no idea why I did it. It was I felt justified in doing it. I felt like, you know, I was defending myself or whatever the case may be. I mean, I, it felt right um, emotionally because it, you know, like my actions match my emotions, you know, anger and, and hatred, of course. And then, you know, over the course of multiple prayers and conversations with God, first asking to understand what was wrong with me, what was wrong with us, how in the world could I do this? You know, like I was raised by my grandma. I would never hit her, never even, you know, I, I don't even know what hatred felt like until this moment. I had never even hit anyone until this moment, never wanted to hit anyone. So this is something for me that was, 110% different from who I was. Um, and so first I had to ask God to reveal to me, like, help me understand who I was, like, why am I this way? Um, and after, you know, prayer and conversations with God and then, you know, things happened in my life, he began to reveal to me this is the why. And then I had to be healed before I could go to her with an apology. There's... Mm-hmm. You can't go to somebody in an apology knowing in your heart is the right thing to do, but you haven't gone through any healing because at that point it may be coming from the heart, but it's just empty. You know what I'm saying? It's like I can I can bring you a glass with every intention to put water in it, but it's empty. Um, it's from the heart, but it's still empty. So I had to go through some healing and yeah and and so you know through the healing in the middle of the healing you know I reached out and there was an apology and, and there was a little bit of reconciliation and then at some point it was another fallout and so I had to there were many series of apologizing and and trying to reconcile and then healing and then over and over again until I finally got to the point to where God got me to the point to where this is who I am now Okay, I can't keep reliving this night. I can't keep paying for who she was. You know, I understand who she was. I remember who she was. And, um, but this is who I am now. And, and this is who I was before that minute. Um, and so I had to come to a point where I can't apologize anymore because if I keep apologizing, then I, I keep reliving it. Um, and I'm not moving past, I'm not moving in my healing. So if once I laid my final or gave my final apology, I had to accept the fact that, you know what, this is your bed. You lay in it. If she accepts or say she accepts and you guys, you know, build a great relationship, then great. But if she says she accepts and then there's, a, there's you know, the fallback, um, you know, or, or the situation is brought up again from, from her pain, then you have to accept that too. And so I did. And it's not easy, but, you know, it's 
It's just, it's just something that, that you have to be willing to do once you've gone through the point of, of healing and as many apologies as, as you could absolutely speak, you know? So, you know, sometimes for me, some a person may not even know that their standard is low and you want to raise it per se. Just follow me. When I was young, I remember giving my mom weed for her birth, for, for Mother's Day. Go figure. And as an adult, one time we were smoking a blunt together. Like she passed it to me. I hit it. I gave it back, and I'm like, "What the hell am I doing?" So when it when it come in again, it was like, "Nah, I'm good." She was like, "But I said, listen, you my mom. I said I may do what I do away from you. You do what you do away from me, but we should never do what we do together." She respected it. Well, she really have a choice because once I laid it down, it was it was a wrap. But sometimes people don't even know. Or maybe she was just trying to have a relationship. Regardless of what it was, she's trying to have a relationship. But that wasn't a way to build one. To me, that was disrespectful on my part. Oh, that must have ran y'all away because, boy, y'all... <laughs> Y'all real quiet. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Pastor, what's your thoughts? No, I'm, I'm here, man. Everything that, um, that I'm hearing is somebody else's story. It's not, you know, it's not just exclusive, exclusive to you. It's. <laughs> it's a common story. It's something that happens, you know, on the regular. Um, you know, I've heard people say, you know, listen, um, I had my first drink with my son. I had my first smoke with my son. I took my first one to take my son to a strip joint, whatever, whatever. And if that makes you feel like a man, you know, you really lowered your standards. Um, you know, you can't say, well, he's going to do it anyway. Well, Probably will now, because you you have the standard. You know, you done made the made made the, the the tiger hungry. You done gave him that taste of blood. Yeah, he going back. You know, but again, man, um, that's why tonight was you know vitally important because again, it, it's um, you know we get a chance to bare our souls a little bit and uh, and and to show people, man, that. The stories out there, man, that will make you cringe. You know, all of us have them. We can stay on here all night. We can stay on here 24 hours and never get all the stories out, you know, of how we lowered our standards, um, you know. And then we could also talk about the fact that, you know, times like what Quick was talking about where you finally established some standards, okay? You may not call it much of a standard, but you know what? 
I may smoke weed, but it won't be with my mama anymore, you know. So at least he's established a standard right there. And you say, well, that's nothing. But from where he was, that's a big jump. So that's a big jump. So um, I don't know, man. I'm going to say this too, Pastor. You don't even know this. I don't even think my wife knows this. But you have reestablished standards, standards that um, I had in pastors, reverends and all that. Wow. The first time I ever smoked weed was with a pastor. <laughs> and now wow. it was two it was two of them, but one now one was ordained then, now both are ordained. First time I ever smoked weed. Wow. Yes, yeah, first time I've ever heard you tell that story. So <laughs> hey, but back to what we were saying. The the reestablishing. Just because the standards have been lowered doesn't mean that they're gone. You can raise the bar back up. Don't think just because it's it's low that it can't be raised back up. It can be raised back up. Do we agree? Well you well you're talking yeah. about you, you, you were talking about the um the flag on the military base, you know, again, you you explained it very in great detail. I didn't know all of that, but, you know, just because they lowered the flag, you're still in the military. There's still standards. Just because the flag is down, that don't mean the standards are lowered. Just because you don't see, you know, your mom or your dad, that doesn't mean you can uh, disobey their rules. You know, does it work? Just because you don't see a cop, don't give you the right to drive 200 miles an hour. You know, the standards still exist, and we got to make sure that we are people of integrity. And you know, what you do with nobody watching, that really lets me know what your standards are. That really lets me know what your standards are because nobody's watching. Hey, who cares? But if you got standards, it's like nah. You know, late at night, if I'm pulling up to a stop sign, you know what? And ain't nobody there. I'm still required to stop. But if I don't stop and get away with it, I'll continue to lower it and lower it. And one day it'll bite me in the butt. Somebody aside swipe me. So we we gotta we gotta, you know, really really really, just do a little self evaluation and say, hey, look, man, I I've done this enough. It's time for me to stop now. You know. Something as simple as fastening your seatbelt. Something as simple as, you know, if quick lowers the standards around others but keep them high around me, what does that say about his friends and what does that say about himself? You know, um, I would like to believe that my brother's the same person around me that he is. One matter of fact, one of the things that I love about him over the years is that, you know, we can – you know, talk and say all these things and laugh and poke fun at each other and, you know, all these things. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, he still respects me in my house. I still respect him in his house, you know, just because, you know, okay, maybe uh, I was uh, acting like a pastor, I guess you would say, and uh, whatever. Uh, He allows me the flexibility to laugh. Um, And you could say I lower my standards around him. I don't call it that. I, I, 
I call it, I get a chance to breathe around it. And then, you know, but I never stopped being pastor, and he never stops respecting me as pastor. So, you know, we, we this is a good time to check ourselves. And I'm not trying to make excuses for, you know, our content, because the conversation we're having right now is, you know, conversations that, you know, we've always had, you know, just real conversations. And, um, you know, and, and again, that's what I love about the brother and his wife, man. So, um, like I said, it's a really good topic, and um, I enjoyed hearing everybody's input on it. Let's quick. What's your follow-up? I guess, I guess it is time for me to throw this out there for everybody, y'all. I do love my mom. So, you know, just because of of our history in this past and, and my confession tonight um, doesn't mean I don't love her. As a matter of fact, I love her more now than I did before because in all of this, I now understand who she is. And um, as, a, as a woman, I now understand some of the reasons of why she hurt. Um, not saying that or not excusing that moment, not excusing anything that happened before then that led up to then um, or even after, because even after, you know, there's been, you know, uh, disagreements and, and arguments. Um, well, from one side, because after that point, you know, I, I never disrespected her again. Um, I never engaged in an argument. Um, you know, whatever it was she had to say, however she said it, I accepted it. Um, if 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 I needed to speak my piece, then I did, and if I didn't, then I walked away, um, or you know, got off the phone or what have you. So this this entire process has made me. Uh, understand her more, love her more, and has made me able to accept her for exactly who she is, fault and all. Um, because at that point, I, I had no understanding of who she was or who I was or, or anything of the sort. So um, the the good news is I love her more. I respect her a little more. Um, I can deal with her more, and, and I know now what it is that I need to do in order to prevent or in order to keep the peace, um, even when, you know, peace is not trying to be kept. So um, my, I, I needed to let you guys know that, that, one, been there, done that. Two, growth has come from this. And the silver lining is is that now as a woman, after having – you know, children, she has been, you know, involved in, in at least my, my oldest son's life. Um, when I lived local tour, you know, being able to be a grandma and seeing her love for him um, gave me a different, a whole different level of comfort, even though, you know, like our relationship wasn't um, solid or what have you just, just seeing how she would love my son and protect my son was you know something that I could I, I can't replace um, and I, I can't even explain it you know and I felt like you know what if it's me good 
um, because at least it's not my son. And I mean, if it if it's me that she you know is arguing with or you know is wanting to have a disagreement with, then then that's good because now I know how to handle it. But it it's my son who's getting the love. So anyhow, I had to say that so that these listeners know that you know I'm not some evil being who you know goes through a situation and or. Um, who lowers her standard and never raises them back up. Now the bar is set, you know, it's, and it's higher now than it even was before because I know who I am. And my relationship in Christ has grown and developed to a point where I have to hold myself to a higher standard um, because I know that it will never drop that low again. Never is a strong word, so I'm glad you have made that commitment. Pastor? You know, I love words like that when people say never, so you know I got something to hold on to. Yeah, never is a long time. Never is a long time. But when you know, when you know, you can say words like that. And as you develop and grow, I can just walk away before I stoop back to that level. Yep. And it, again, she's not speaking for her mom. She's speaking for herself. I mean, right. her mom was involved in this thing just like she was. And so. Basically, it sounds like what she's saying is regardless to how her mom chooses to handle this moving forward, she's made up in her mind that, you know, that she'll never, you know, hit her mom again. She'll never engage in, you know, any type of um, fisticuffs with her again. She's she's done with it. So, again, she can't speak for her mom, but she's speaking for herself. And so, yes, she did lower her standards, but, again, 24-year-old, uh, Miss Quick is different than, you know, the current Miss Quick. So, um, and I think that's what you're seeing, seeing. I think you're seeing the healing and the growth and the maturity is uh, taking place. And now what she has now is a testimony, and that's what she's sharing tonight to be able to help um, all these folk on the line. To be able to, so there's other people that's, that's had scrapes and scraps and things of that nature, and some regret it. Some didn't literally tell about it, and some haven't gotten to that point yet. But um, you best believe, you know, the Bible says nothing new is under the sun. So I promise you, um, she wasn't the first, and she's definitely not going to be the last. But I'm glad to hear her say never, because that's a, that's a declaration more than just a promise. That's, that's saying, look, I know me. I'm healed because of this. I'm better because of this. And I've learned uh, because of this. So glad to hear her say that. That's right. Because never means never. So with that being said, just just like the Mrs., I, I vow to, and like the pastor was just saying, to never compromise my integrity. That's the number for you right now.
So, Pastor, what's your number? Wow, I got a lot of them, man. Um, <laughs> I just, just, I got too many, probably even list them here. I got a lot of them that are uh, personal as a man. I got a lot of them that's uh, as a pastor. Um, but um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just so many. But if I start listening to them, it's gonna take the the uh, conversation to a whole another level than what we have it right now, you know, because um, sometimes you put yourself um, behind your work or, you know, put your job ahead of you. You'll put situations ahead of you or whatever. In other words, you stop caring for yourself and you care for what you do. And so I can make that and say, you know, I'll never do that again. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says that we ought to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Then love other people as we love ourselves. And sometimes what we'll do is we'll put others ahead of ourselves. And we gotta, we have to learn from that. So I guess that would be one of my neighbors right there. That way I'll take better care of myself and my family. So I'll, I'll, I'll cop out with that one. It's a start. <laughs> it's a start. Oh, I heard you. <laughs> Listen, bro. We all in in this conversation it really have shown how far we've come. You know, that our standards haven't been lowered. We may have slipped, but because we can say, you know, we we're wrong, we know that our standards the Lord, that it was beneath us, our actions. So it's more like a lapse in judgment versus a lower standard. How does that sound? Did you say a lapse in judgment? Yes. Versus a lower standard. Well, I think that's what um, kind of what we're talking about with some of the guys at the prison. I was telling you about. They just, I mean, they are they are good guys, man. A lot of them are just awesome guys. And just that thirty seconds, twenty seconds, whatever it was, they just had a lapse in judgment. It was just no, I'm not gonna let you get away with that. You shouldn't have said that. Uh, whatever it was, and um, a gun just happened to be right there, and that was the, you know, a quick way out. So that may have been a lapse in judgment. I don't know. Maybe they didn't lower the standards. Maybe they just had a lapse in judgment. I could, I'm, you know, I guess they would have to answer that. But uh, either way, they're still having to, whichever way you call it, you're still having to pay for it. It's a penalty, oh. and, uh, and that's that's what they're paying a dear price for. Lowering the standards or a lapse in judgment or whatever. Um, they get some of them in there that said they'll never, you know, touch a gun again for the rest of their lives. And, you know, I, I can't tell them what's right and what's wrong, but if that's how they feel, you know, if that's part of their healing, then you just about got to accept that, you know? 
So to hear you say, okay, I'll never, you know, lower my standards like that again or or, or whatever, man, that's um that's saying a lot. That's saying that's saying a whole lot, you know, but again, I think you learned your lesson just like your wife, you know, I, I think we've all learned our lessons and there's still some lessons uh to be learned. And so maybe we need to make a a personal listing and a private listing of all the stuff, all the I nevers. You know, I'll never do this again. I'll never do that again. Um, and and stand on it. You know, maybe that needs to be on your vision board. <laughs> you know, that might be what's keeping some of the vision from coming to pass. You never know. It could be. Could be. Miss Quick, what's your thoughts? No, I'm good. I think I said enough tonight. Mm, that's an easy cop out. <laughs> but we'll take that well, because you know well, sometimes I mean, you got to end on top. Well, yeah. I mean, you know that particular situation is obviously. You know, I know. I know that it'll never happen again. You know, no no matter what, doesn't matter. You know, it'll never happen again. You know, I know who I am. I'm in control of who I am. And, you know, again, since that, you know, the bar has been set higher, you know, not by no one else but me um, because of my relationship with Christ, because of my, my growth in my faith, because of my walk with God, the bar has been set high. And every day it goes higher. So, um, you know, there are a whole lot of things that I'll never do again. Whole, whole list. <laughs> um, but, you know, the most important is that. Because, you know, what what I'll never do is, is hurt a person that I love in any capacity. Um, you know, that goes, you know, up you know, to my mom all the way down to my kids, my kids' kids, cross to my husband, brother, sister. Like, I will never, I will walk away or, as my husband would say, cut somebody off before I hurt someone else. Cut up game strong. But I will do it to... Because, one, I mean, you're compromising who you are. You know what I mean? Once you go against what you believe, you've been compromised. Mm-hmm. And there's there's no ransom great enough for you to do that. It's, it's not worth it. You know, I mean, again, it's like the the growth that's come from it, okay, yeah, good, you know. Um, but I believe that, that I could have gotten this growth from something less traumatic or something less severe, um, you know. So it's, it's not nothing that I've achieved this far, but, you know, with my faith um, and just knowing who I am. Uh, is worth, you know, that's not, 
nothing is worth me losing that. Nothing is worth stepping outside of myself to satisfy, you know, a, a heat of the moment situation or heat of the moment action or what what have you. There you have it. We have a new caller, 2693. Hello. Well, I know for a fact, when you know better, you do better. In every sense, in every instance that we've just spoken about, some we have grown from it. So we're going to do better. No one. I mean, if if your parents can't, I guess, provoke you for lack of better words, then no one else should be able to. If you can walk away from mom, dad, you should be able to walk away from anyone else. I know it's hard. And I know the relationship is different, so you really don't don't have to, if you will. But it's still the same because it's humanity. They're still human beings. And you're still going to feel bad afterwards. So who's worth you feeling bad afterwards? That's the question. Pastor, who's worth it? Man, I've already cleansed my soul tonight. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm in relax mode, man. I'm, I'm amazed at what we discussed, honestly. And, you know, I know a lot of people can push your buttons, but at the end of the day, they're your buttons. You know what? Either don't let folk know what they are or protect them, do whatever you got to do, but they're yours, and that's your responsibility. And uh, so, you know, we can call tonight is uh, the, the I never night. You know, I'll never do this again. I'll never do that again. But again, um, it's been a good night, man. It's been a very, very good night. Very good topic. Um, I really believe a lot of people have been um, helped tonight by um, all the openness, openness, the honesty. You know, the the, the soul bearing, if you will. Ms. Quick, what's your thoughts? Um, I, I mean, you know, I agree. You know, it's hopefully, you know, my story helped. It's it's not something obviously that I ever talk about. Um. But Pastor put a challenge out there, so I felt compelled to speak my truth because that's what it is. Um, you know, it's, we all, like you said, we all have buttons. Um, and at the end of the day, you gotta you gotta think about 
what what is it worth to you? You know, and I say that to say, you know, if 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 you have an offer, you know, for uh as like you used in an earlier example to to fulfill, you know, your horniness. <laughs> um, if you have an offer to fulfill that, you know, what's it worth to you? You know what I'm saying? Like what what's it gonna be worth to you to slip out on your husband or to slip out on your wife? What's it gonna be worth to you to defy your parents? What's it gonna be worth to you to to um and I say sacrifice um a few minutes of who you are to to satisfy the moment. Um, what's it gonna be worth to you long term? You know? Um if that's not a price you want to pay, then I suggest you leave your checkbook in your pocket, leave your purse in the card. You know, don't take the money in there if you don't want to pay for it. Just being real. As sure as you go to the store, you're going to be tempted to spend that money. Well, if everyone's hearts and mind clear, we can get to work. You know how we do. Miss Quick, is your heart mind clear? All clear. Thank you. My luck. Pastor, my brother, is your heart mind clear? Yes, sir. No doubt. Thank you, my brother. I love you, man. Love you too, bro. My heart and mind clear. So, Pastor, go ahead and do what you do. All right. Let's close it out. Lord, thank you so much for. Um, the conversation tonight, the dialogue. Thank you so much for the topic tonight on lowering the standards. And Lord, we heard both sides of the story. We found out that first of all, we got to find out who who set the standards, and then we got to get back to God's standards. But then we looked at the other side, God, to where sometimes lack will cause us to lower our standards, and so sometimes. I don't know, loneliness that causes us to lower our standards. But either way it go, God, we've got to do things your way. Well, there's a lot of openness and honesty on this line tonight, uh, a lot of confession. And it was done in order to uh, uh, prevent someone else from traveling down the wrong path or to help somebody that's going through it right now. Regardless of what we've done, God is a forgiving God, and God is a God of a second chance. So I pray that tonight was a blessing for somebody. I pray, God, that you will continue to strengthen Quick and his wife, continue to let them know that uh, what they've done uh, is what they've done, but that's not who they are. They have matured. They have grown. And maybe they wish they had learned lessons another way, but either way it goes, they got it now. And that's the the main thing. So, Lord, all the buttons that we still have, first of all, help us to deal with them to wear um, we're not so easily provoked. But then the ones we're still working on, help us to protect them, to, to guard them, to do whatever necessary to keep from allowing other people to control them. I pray that this thing was a blessing for many on tonight, and I pray that you'll continue to keep your hand uh, on this um, ministry, if you will. Help us all to get a good night's rest on tonight. Have us have an awesome day on tomorrow and an awesome week, the remainder of the week. Thank you so much for Blog Talk Radio, God. Thank you so much for the streets to the pulpit. Lord, please continue to bless it, and we'll give you a name to praise. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That concludes tonight's episode of From the Streets to the Pulpit. I am your host, Mr. Quick. Uh, we were with Pastor Robinson and Miss Quick, and we thank you. We urge you to speak your truth, live your truth, love God, love one another, and take care. Peace.